Well, greetings, youth workers, and welcome back to the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Turner. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, boy, this voice sounds vaguely familiar. I used to hear it all the time, and then there was a time I didn't hear it for a little while. Well, that's because it's called summer, people. It's called summer. And uh, and I've been trying my dead-level best between missions trips and uh, camp stuff and all kinds of other things to bring you some quality uh, on the podcast here to get into your eardrums. And so hopefully that's what I'm going to do today. Uh, I recently just got back from Panama talking about missions trips, and it was a fantastic trip, uh, hot as the devil. Uh, so I won't be complaining about any kind of hotness or anything like that because it's just, it, 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 Alabama is just not that, is not as hot as, uh, as Panama. So I won't be complaining about heat anytime soon. Uh, we took uh, the whole state, we went the whole state, and we did about 50, I think we had 51 students and leaders. We did a little over 250, yeah, 250 performances um, of all the different uh, uh, little plays and things between magic and other things. We did 253 performances, I believe, and reached a little over 7,500 people, and uh, that's a lot of people touched for the Lord, and so we were grateful. I was grateful for my team that I brought. I had... Let's see, I had seven others besides myself, I believe, and uh, they just they just rocked it. Just I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a podcast one time on uh, on how to build the rock star missions team you're looking for because uh, it is uh, it is a pleasure to bring the right kids on a missions trip. It just is. Um, you know, I, I, there are certain trips for different people, but you want to bring if you're gonna bring kids out of the country. Tip number one is bring your A players because uh, it's too far away to be putting people on planes and sending people home for drama or nonsense or any of that other kind of stuff. So that's a quick tip. Bring your A-team, okay? Uh, Also, I've been working very hard on a new book uh, that I have written, and it is done, and it is up in the store, uh, gumroad.com slash youthmenresources. There'll be a link in the description below. And it is called The D Project, uh, and it is, um, well, that's short for the Disciple Project, which is all about uh, stopping the meeting, starting the movement, and raising up a new generation of doers of the gospel. And so if you're into discipleship at all, and you're into uh, making disciples for Jesus, and I hope you are, uh, I will do a whole nother show on the book coming up very soon. But I, but the topic that we're going to talk today is super critical, and I'm not going to be selfish because I, I, there's just things you probably need to know far greater than I wrote a book, and your kids need to hear this. So, um, you know, from you, whatever you learn today, pass it on, because uh, it's super important that we're going to be talking about today. And uh, finally, um, we're going to do, I have 31, did the countdown has begun as of today, uh, which is June the 14th. I have 31 days left on the job, and I'm not nervous. I'm not scared. I believe God's going to provide in every which way. And uh, if you haven't listened to the other podcasts, I resigned my position in May. And my last day, I believe, will be July 15th. And so that gives you plenty of time that if you would like to book me for training or to come to uh, your youth group and speak to your youth ministry, retreats, camps, uh, all that kind of good stuff. If you want me to speak at a network meeting of youth workers, I'd be happy to do that. 
And, uh, and yeah, that's what I'd like to do. That's what I'm going to spend hopefully the next uh, 10 years of my life uh, doing that uh, because I still believe in the American teenager. I still believe in the gospel. I still believe in youth workers making a difference in the lives of students and in their communities. And so uh, if you are interested in having me in, this would be a good time to do it. You can go to my website, by the way, thediscipleproject.net, and uh, there's a page called Book Me, and you can find out more information, what it would take to get me to your area. I have several speaking engagements. You can click on the link in there and find out where I'm going to be and what I'm doing. Maybe I'll be in your neck of the woods. I am looking at the end of August, just a quick note because it's not on there yet, is uh, I'm going to be in Chattanooga, uh, and I'm just going to be hanging out. So if you're from the Tennessee Chattanooga area, I would love to buy you and about a dozen other youth workers coffee and talk about youth ministry and talk about shop with you guys. So if you're in the area, give me a holler. I would love to come and be with you. Um, I did mention the new book earlier, and if you go to my website real quick, uh, you can download a chapter, So, and that's the last I'm going to mention of that. But you can download a chapter called The Disciple Dilemma. There'll be All these links will be in the description below, so if you want to do all that, that's fine. Uh, but uh, if you want a chapter to kind of see where I'm going with this thing, uh, I think you will be pleased uh, with, um, with what I have written. At least I hope you are. So today, we're going to be talking about... Um, teen suicide, and we're going to talk about the 10 things that you could be practicing in your youth ministry right now to avert a teen suicide. Once again, you could avert avert a teen suicide by practicing these things. Um, Once again, I uh, have gone, praise the Lord, I have gone 30 years in youth ministry, and I have uh, have had no, uh, I've never had a kid commit suicide. I've had one kid attempt suicide but none successful. So to my knowledge, that's the only attempt that I've ever heard of. And so I praise the Lord for that. I have no idea uh, what a youth worker who has gone through that feels like. And if you have gone through that, then my sincere apologies and condolences for that, because I have no idea how you feel about that. I, all I know is, is that um, I'm thankful and I'm grateful uh, that I haven't had to go through it. And, I'm, and, and, I'm, and I'll tell you, honestly, I can't even tell you that that all these practices that I'm going to bring to you are, uh, you know, are going to stop a kid from doing it. Uh, these are these are meant to be speed bumps. These are meant to slow a kid down long enough for them to think, mature, hear from God, uh, intervention, whatever needs to happen. These are speed bumps in that journey. So uh, this is not a list of here's how you're going to stop all this. This is a uh, a, a list of speed bumps that you can put into your ministry that will hopefully uh, get a kid thinking in a different direction. And uh, that's that's the route we're going to go because so much in the news today, um, you know, in the past couple of weeks, we had uh, suicide by uh, Kate Spade, the entrepreneur Kate Spade, uh, and also chef TV uh, chef Anthony Bourdain. And it reminded me that, you know, all this money, power, influence, tons of friends, excitement, all these things, you know, cannot hold back depression and suicidal thoughts and all these things. And yet our kids, you know, what hope does our kids have? They're pursuing these things. They want all these things. And how are they reacting now, even in their young minds and young hearts? And they're assaulted by all these uh, these thoughts. And as one, by the way, let me make this uh, confession. I think I have done it uh, before, but I want to make sure you guys hear it, that I myself have suffered with depression uh, over uh, the past 15 years. Um, and uh, I take some medication for that, and I trust God, 
and I uh, and I do all the things that I need to do to keep myself emotionally healthy. Um, but so I understand the darkness. I understand all of those things, and which makes me completely empathetic to a kid or an adult who's also going through these kinds of things. It's uh, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible feeling, you know. Uh, and then I you know I have to ask you know what's what's keeping a kid in my youth group from ending his or her life? If they're going through, if they're at risk, if they're having a problem, you know, my Lord, what is keeping them? And so these practices um, are are critical to uh, those speed bumps of, of trying to avert a kid uh, long enough to get some sense in his head or her head or for God to be able to intervene or for them to just simply mature enough to say, you know what, this is not the choice I want to make. And... Um, and, uh, you know, that's kind of where we're at. So let's get into it. Let's jump into uh, uh, some of these things here that I try to do within our youth ministry that may also be helpful to you. Number one is to, if you're talking with, you know, an at-risk kid and you think that they have some issues, always o- ask open-ended questions. And open-ended questions because, you know, listen, much of our midweek meeting, and I, I understand this, that is about programming, right? We're 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 so focused on the midweek program and trying to get that together, right? And we're trying to make that happen so that conversations with students, you know, can can not be, you know, but they can be surface level, right? They're 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 not deep as as we want them to be because we're busy doing some of the things. But regardless of the length of the conversation, we can we can ask open-ended questions, you know, that would allow a student who, you know, cons- you know, who you we all consider at risk, you know, you know, to be able to open, uh, openly and honestly answer a question, you know, to take it a little bit deeper. So you know, we start with things like, you know, well, how's school going, you know, and that's they say good or fine or what have you, and eventually in a conversation, you know, we can go a little bit deeper and say. Uh, well, hey, well, you know, school's going great. That's good, man. I'm glad to hear that. You know, do you feel like, do you feel like you have a strong group of friends that are helping you make it through it through school right now? You know, that's just a, a you know, uh, it, it can be yes or no, or the, all you're trying to do is open up the conversation a little bit and, and try to get a little bit deeper, uh, especially on those kids that you feel like are at risk and, and you're just checking on them. You're just checking on their soul. You know, I don't, I don't make any bones about asking questions. And if they think I'm too uh, invasive or things like that, uh, you know, that's fine. Um, but they're always going to know that I'm going to be caring for their soul. Uh, the second thing that I try to do is I try to affirm their worth and how much God values them, right? Always trying to do that. You know, kids are constantly hearing about, you know, how much they uh, they don't measure up, right? And uh, we then come along, their parents, by the way, big part of the picture, right? Their parents, whom they spend, you know, tr- gobs and gobs more time than with us, uh, that parents have this role as well uh, and, and should take the mantle upon them to affirm their lives and say they're valuable, they're important, they're, 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 they're God's children, and that, uh, that, they, that those parents love them. And yet, even in the home, a lot of kids are not hearing this. And so we as youth workers try to pour as much love on them and affirmation, you know, to counteract a lot of this negativity, even the negativity they hear in their home, uh, they hear in their schools. And, uh, you know, it's not just through, uh, you know, it's not just through a text message. We're not just saying, hey, look, God values you. So, listen, we have to look them in the eye. We have to go eyeball to eyeball. We have to sit with them over lunch. Uh, we have to, yes, send it in a text message. That's fine. Uh, say it in the message on Wednesday night or whenever your meeting is. Yes, all that comes as part of that. But nothing beats the eyeball to eyeball where you're looking a kid in the eye and saying, hey, look, 
I just want to let you know that God really loves you and values you, and I really love you and value you as well. Um, you know, we don't have to see them. We don't have to, and this is what I'm saying is we have to, we don't have to do it when we see a kid get down. Let's do it before they ever get down, right? Before they ever get, uh, get down, let's give them the kind words. Let's, let's get ahead of the game a little bit, right? And, and let's, you know, just move on their behalf before that ever happens. I'm going to build you up. Even when you're most built up, even when you're the most confident, you know, you look at Kate Spade, you look at Anthony Bourdain, look, these guys are top of their game, exuding confidence, exuding these things. These guys are, you know, weren't, weren't in a hole somewhere. These guys were a, a part of the national, you know, conversation. And, uh, and so kids who can be up and, and be all those things, man, double down. Don't, just because a kid's doing well, don't, uh, you know, don't uh, just say, okay, they must be fine. They must be emotionally well. Man, just keep building people up, right? Uh, the third thing is forgiveness and redemption. Always offering forgiveness and redemption. So many times kids can't see a way out of the darkness. They can't, they can't see past. They've made some mistake. They've, they've done something they can't take back or uh, they just feel like they're trapped by um, all these things. And we, you know, we have the say, listen, Jesus is our hope, you know? Uh, uh, and listen, I've shared my messages to my chagrin. If I were to go back and thankfully none of this exists, I, and I, maybe you have too, but I'll, I'll speak of me. Where I've had my fire and brimstone, uh, this kind of not you're not good enough to go to heaven, which is by the way a, a, a truth. Okay, um, I've had those messages, and I've been those were in my younger days when you know you're filled with, as they say, piss and vinegar, and you're just you know you're just going at it. And through the years, thank God, you know God softened my heart and softened my uh, showed me so much grace that I became hopefully more graceful to others. Um, and listen, I'm not denying the reality of truths that we don't speak God's word and God's truth and all that. I'm, I'm just saying we need to get better than condemnation, right? We got to get better than just everybody's, you know, terrible people. Uh, and listen, we, we all, we all do. We're all have sinfulness. We all have the inability to measure up to God's holiness. We're all there. But, but if we understand that we can preach, uh, so much more grace if we understand that, right? But sometimes, this is the only message that kids hear, that they're not good enough. They're not good enough. They're not good enough. And listen, from a spiritual perspective, from all of us, from humanity's perspective, we understand that. And hopefully what we can do is offer more grace. But what we can offer is forgiveness and redemption. Forgiveness and redemption. Forgiveness means that thing, that you can be forgiven of that. Yes. Redemption. Can, we, can God turn a bad situation into a good one? Yes. Yes, he can. And that's just over, those are just themes that I'm just drilling that, listen, you can be more than what you are. You can go further. You can get past this because of the hope of Christ. You can do this. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot better at uh, offering truth and love with a bunch of hope for good measure. Uh, you know, God reveals to each of us, you know, how we don't measure the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit's job, right? A student doesn't need our condemnation or our judgment what they need to know is that there's a way to be forgiven and that God has made a way out of the darkness that they're in. And that's our role is to make sure they understand that, that they're not trapped, that although they have feelings of these things and those kind of stuff, that God can rescue them from that place. Uh, the fourth thing is super practical. And yet, you know, it's super simple. And sometimes yet the busyness 
of life steals this stuff. Like, you know, like, like Satan steals the seed in the parable of the seeds, right? The parable of the sower. You know, how many times has, you know, God checked my heart, right? To call or contact a student who I thought was struggling and busyness swallowed up that thought. It's crazy. It's stupid. Uh, you know, I should have never, I should never let busyness do that, but that happens. It happens too much time, too many times to count really. And, you know, whether it's us or whether it's a leader, you know, we have to respond to the inklings, right? Those spirit, uh, nudges, if you will, as Leonard Sweet calls them, the nudge that he gives us to say, maybe you should call so-and-so, maybe you should contact so-and-so, maybe you should, listen, if kids are missing in action, you know, they get one week from me. I understand they're, 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 I understand life's busy. They have dramas and plays and sports and some other things. And I don't want to come off as like, hey, you know, dude, where were you kind of thing. I want to come in and be graceful and I'll see them at church or I'll see them wherever and I'll connect with them there. But then there's those students, you know, one night's one thing, but when it's two in a row, you know, that could mean something else. We don't know where they're at or what kind of trouble they're in or if they're in any trouble at all. I'm not I'm not saying they're in anything, but but we must be diligent to notice when students are not with us. Uh, when we uh, call or text, we're saying to them, listen, we noticed you were gone. I noticed you weren't there. I want to let you know that's part of the worth and value that, listen, you're an important part of this youth ministry. I don't like when you miss, but I know you have to miss. But when you're not here, the youth group and I notice when you're not here. There's, there's an energy missing in the room. There's, a, there's, a, there's less value, so to speak, right? To let them know that they are important to the overall uh, ministry. Uh, the fifth uh, step we can take, this fifth practice we can put in is random kindness. Just random kindness. It, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be special occasions or anything. It's just something that's completely random that you can do. You know, I had a student who was sick recently and I, you know, I could have just sent a text and said, hey, thoughts and prayers, right? That's, that's going around quite a bit. That thoughts and prayers is not enough to cut it, guys, right? Uh, thoughts and prayers, just not going to do it. it it's got to be action, you know, uh, but I went a little bit deeper uh, than thoughts and prayers. And I had a lady in our church who's a florist and she put together, uh, you know, some of this student's favorite goodies. I, I found out through the mom and all that. She was going through a procedure. And um, by the time she got home, she had this basket of goodies. Uh, and once again, you don't have to do it, but it was to let her know that, listen, somebody cared beyond her initial family that I, representing the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as a member of the household of faith, that my part was to say, listen, you are missed, you are valuable, and I wanted to bless you, right? And this girl was not necessarily at risk. She's super positive. She does have, you know, some anxiety issues and things like that. But listen, I did it anyway. She didn't fit the, the you know, what we would call the demographic of of an at-risk student. But listen, once again, Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, I don't know if you would consider them at risk. Maybe we're all at risk, no matter what phase we're at. If you deal with depression or anxiety or uh, other issues and things like that, that's just, that's the deal. You don't know what people are going through. So because I don't know, listen, I don't know how much kindness this young lady receives at school. I don't know what she receives at other places, but, but listen, she, she, she doesn't fit that mold, but I wanted to make sure that I doubled down on kindness and I, I'm going to do a kind thing, whether I have to do it or not. It's just, it's there to, to build her up and say, listen, you're it, uh, you're, you're valuable. And I want to make sure you know that the sixth thing we can do is just go ahead and be, be really awkward and, and ask the question, how are you really doing? Right? How are you really doing? Just tell me the truth. Don't, 
don't soft, you know, give me the soft answer. Just don't, don't blow me off. Just tell me how you're really doing. It's between me and you, right? Um, I had a really awkward conversation with a young man one time because I had been through his, uh, I just found some of his pictures on Instagram and whatever, and he was at college and uh, he wasn't looking well. And some of the things that were on his thing were kind of disturbing. And I had heard from the grapevine that he just wasn't doing well. He was dealing with some issues and and um, and I just sat. I said, "Come on, let's go. Let's go eat at McDonald's. Let's go grab something to eat." And 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 I saw something in his eyes and his demeanor I just didn't like. So I just went ahead and asked him, "Have you thought about hurting yourself lately?" And uh, you know, it took him off balance a little bit, you know. And he denied having any inclinations, right? And it was it was awkward to ask, you know. But I'm glad I still asked, even though he told me he wasn't. Uh, but, but at least now he knows that I know that he might have had a, a struggle of some kind. And he, at least he knows I care enough, you know, to ask, you know, maybe time next time he opens up and says, Hey, uh, Hey, can I talk to you about this? Right. Um, number seven, train teens and our leaders to be empathetic. I think empathy is, is so critical guys. I mean, it's just, you know, we call church and youth group a safe haven, you know, for kids. But we know that kids and adults bring all their issues into the youth ministry with them. There are no, there are no, you know, once you get into the youth group, you know, you walk through the doors of the church, you know, there's no ray of light and you don't leave your, your stuff on the outside. You're kind of bringing your whole person in with you, you know, and, and you know, our students do the same thing. They come in, you know. Uh, sometimes they don't act any different than the kids we see at the, at school or what we call worldly kids or kids that don't know Christ. I've, we've see, all seen that, right? Um, and our youth nights are supposed to be, you know, are, are, they're filled with imperfect kids who, who, who do and say imperfect things just like we do. You know, but we have the microphone. We have the floor. And we can direct thoughts and attitudes towards being more empathetic towards one another. You know, as part of my stuff, you know, we do you know, the greeting time and you tell them to give a high five or a hug or a handshake or something that causes them to interact, to have a personal touch, to have face-to-face, you know, to do that with somebody so that you're not just another pair, pair of eyeballs, you know, in the dark scene while there's lights on the stage and everybody just kind of sits there and does whatever. You know, this is a gathering of human beings that desperately need positive interaction. They desperately need uh, their friends, most of all, uh, and people within that group to, to, uh, to be more Christ-like in their empathy. You know, we, from the platform, from the microphone, you know, we can teach on how Jesus, who rather than judge others, showed mercy and empathy, right? Uh, he did that over and over, whether it's the woman being stoned, whether it's the woman at the well, whether it's a leper, it doesn't matter. He's empathetic. He's saying, listen, I'm about to take all this stuff on me, you know, on the cross, I can empathize. I can. I'm a human. That's why, you know, it talks about uh, in Hebrews that, you know, that he is the high priest who understands us. He is the high priest who understands our struggles and what we go through. And he can empathize because he got in a bod, right? Uh, he walks on planet Earth and he understands the struggle. And But this is why I try to practice things like kids getting to know each other's names. It's a simple thing, but once you know somebody's name, you know, uh, you don't treat them as a stranger. That's why community bonding, uh, little meet and greets, like I said, small group time for conversations, 
you know, times of affirmation where where you you create opportunities for kids to affirm one another in the Lord, uh, because that's just so important. I mean, they they're not getting that time necessarily at school. These not these things are not practiced or monitored or endorsed or whatever regularly at a school. At least not in at least not in middle school and high school necessarily, right? Up through fifth grade, maybe there's some of that going on. Um, and some schools may be very different. I'm not trying to cast all schools that way, you know. Um, but at church, you know, kids willfully come and we can design our meetings to encourage kids to practice empathy towards one another. We can design that. That's just part of what we can do to make sure that each person is respected and loved and cared for, uh, you know, amongst one another. There's a mutual respect in there. And when you come in, you're not going to get bullied and you're not going to get put down and you're not going to get put on some secret chat list or whatever that's going to be, you know, going around, all that kind of stuff. We try to, obviously, we have the power to be able to uh, rip the covers off that thing and say, that's not cool. Um, next, clearly defined standards, policies, and procedures. And listen, I'm a big fan of standards. You know, if the house rule is is no bullying, uh, then that's the rule and no one is beyond it. If the house rule is no creeping on each other, right? Don't go on anybody else's Facebook or Snapchatting each other, all that stuff. Listen, that's the rule. And I enforce you, but Paul, can't, do, you, do you enforce it outside of the thing? I mean, it does not happen in the youth. Yes, because it affects the dynamic in the youth ministry and some things just have to be addressed. Otherwise, if, if you know about something that's just going on, you know, it's it's affecting and you can shrug your shoulders and say, well, I, I don't know what to do about it. Well, get some wisdom on it. Ask some people, what should we do about it? Ask your students who know about it, who come to you with this and say, what do you think we ought to do? You know, and, and figure that out because it's impacting kids. And we wonder why kids leave our ministry sometimes. And it's because things are going on that we just don't know about. And sometimes we can address it and sometimes we can't, but we have to take some measure. But that's why we we talk about having standards, policies, procedures of ways of doing things. You know, one time I had a a uh, young man who, uh, you know, who was um, always kind of asking this girl out and everything, and it and it wasn't working for her, and it wasn't working for me either. And uh, through various discussions, through uh, saying, "Hey, look, it's not cool," you have the talk, and then you finally get to, "Hey, take a few weeks off uh, of youth, and if you miss it, come on back." Uh, and you know what? He just he wasn't having any of that, and uh, him and his friends bailed, and they didn't come back. And I said, "Okay, that's you know." Uh, you have to have uh, some discipline and things like that because, uh, you know, um, our goal is to have kids love us all the time. Sometimes it's just important to speak truth and love and let it go, right? Let Say, look, if you're going to bail, you're going to bail. But we're not, we're not letting people, um, you know, take advantage of other people. Um, you know, and not only should we have standards, rules, right, within this, uh, you know, but we have to enforce, you know, when we, when we have at-risk kids, you know, we, we have to have phone numbers uh, of, of people, whether it's counselors or emergency numbers or parent numbers or numbers of counselors or therapists or programs or things like that, right, to have a referral list. We can't do all this. We, you know, some of us are not trained to do it. Some of us are not uh, confident in doing it, but we should always have numbers and always have some sort of resourcing where we can refer because some things are just beyond us, you know, uh, and, and uh, they're beyond our measure. They're beyond our counseling ability, all those things. And so we just should be able to do that, you know. Uh, you know, if a kid, you know, makes the claim, you know, that they're they're going to commit suicide or they that's out there somewhere, uh, you know, we have to have a policy, right? We have to, you know, uh, uh, backed up by the church that allows us as a youth worker to make that call, 
in agreement with our pastor, our boss, or whoever it is, and we have to be able to, you know, have some policies and, and rules on that. Um, and that's just that's just kind of a, a a normal protocol that you should have in in doing those things. Um, next, be a prophet or be prophetic. Right? If you're older than a teenager, you have something they don't have. Right? You and I have something called perspective. You know, we've lived through a few things. You know, we know a few things because we came through stuff with God's help. And we need to pass that on, right? If you're a youth worker or a Christian like me, you you have some idea of God's word and, and the hope that and the promise that it contains. And and listen, that's something we need to spread around. If And I'm not saying it's magic bullets or magic spells. I'm saying that it is part of the journey to be encouraged by God's word. This is, look, that there's a God of the universe and there's these stories that are amazing of people coming through things, dark, dark times that God has rescued people from. And that is meant to give hope, right? That is there for the hope of the people to understand that God is not going to leave them in that in that place, right? Um we have to be able to uh, see kids not only as they are, but we have to see them as they will be. Jesus called Peter the rock while he was still a pebble, right? We should be looking at kids and saying things like, you are going to make an impact. You are making an impact. You have potential. You have more courage in you than you think. You could be a leader, right? We're being, even though they have, you know, a zero on the outside of what you see, maybe, you can still be prophetic and say, listen, I'm going to speak over your life. And hopefully they'll lean into it. Hopefully they'll, they'll move into that and say, yeah, maybe he's right. Maybe he does see something. Maybe does, my youth worker does see something in me. Maybe I can follow that path. Maybe because people believe in me, I can get out of this thing, right? Positively prophesying over students uh, and letting them know that we see something in them and, uh, you know, and we can affirm them and all that. Listen, this could negate their worst fears. This could, this could take away some of their things where they're not feeling valuable, where they're not feeling like they're up to par. Everybody else is putting them down and calling them stupid and their dreams are never going to come true. And all these things, man. Uh, I just recently had a young man and he's once again, not an at-risk person, but listen, if you continue to build people up, this young man came and says, Hey, look, I want to start a t-shirt company. Can you help me? I said, yes. Cause I told him, I said, look, you have some, he designed our, our latest t-shirt and you know, it's a big deal. And, uh, I even, you know, uh, uh, I hope he's not listening to this. I don't think he will be, but I even on this shirt, first time I've ever done this because he designed it and I helped him formulate and things like that, but I give him full credit. I even put his signature on the T-shirt. I put a signature. I, you know, I just took it and said, "Hey, just told the people said put put a signature down there, put his name on it, and and it's going to be a, an original by this guy, young man." And what is that for? That's prophetic. That's saying, "Listen, you did something. You created something. You put it out into the world. Don't doubt yourself." Right? He'll look back on that and say, "Listen, you know, dark time comes. Somebody believed in me, and we can be those those people." Uh, the last thing is this is small groups and accountability. And once again, I'm not even talking about, listen, uh, these don't have to be your standard Bible study groups, okay? Uh, I'm not necessarily talking, those are helpful. Those are, listen, clearly, if that's a group that's that's going to be helpful, you're learning, obviously, the Bible and Scripture and things like that. But it doesn't have to be a formal one. It could be just to like, hey, look, we're committed to checking up on each other, praying for one another, uh, lifting one another upon hard days. Uh, we're all about texting one another and saying, hey, how are you doing today? right? But it's important. It's an important and powerful step for a young person who's especially at risk to be in that group 
you know, being in a smaller group allows them to build trust and, and, and be open and be a little more vulnerable, you know, as well as having, you know, a safety valve in there to release some of the pressures of life into a group that you can speak into where there's a, a youth leader, uh, a volunteer, whoever it may be, can do those things and can be there to listen to that kind of thing and, and, and be a positive impact upon their life. Um, so listen, I, I'm going to wrap this up by, by saying this. Listen, I can't, I, I, I can't prove, right? I don't have any testimonies that says, hey, Paul, you did this thing and you know, it averted me from taking my life. But listen, I can't also, I can't disprove it either, right? So I hope that the practices that I've shared with you today, things that I try to have as a part of my ministry, um, have played a role, I hope, in at least being a speed bump and at least averting, you know, some kid from, from going deeper into a dark hole that they didn't need to go into, right? Uh, but these are all practices that we can do. These are, these are not practices that we're paid for. These are practices of good, healthy, uh, caring uh, youth ministry and Christian love and being Christ-like to people because we have these young people in there uh, that need our help and need hope and need need the 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 youth group in a sense of community to say, look, I can make it through this life. I can do something with God's help and God's hope and these affirmations and this connection and all these things. Maybe there's a way to find my way out of the darkness and into God's marvelous light. And that's that's what my hope is in all these principles. And I hope that you've taken something from it too. And maybe there's some things you're doing super well. I'd love to hear about it. Uh, you're always welcome to email me at thedprojectatme.com um, and let me know. You can also go over to the Facebook group, uh, which is, uh, you know, just just look for Youth Ministry in Motion podcast and you'll, you'll find that as well. And uh, join the conversation over there. I would love to hear your thoughts and ideas of what you're doing in your youth ministry. Maybe you could add to this some things you're doing to help with maybe uh, students that are at risk. Uh, and uh, I would love to hear from you. So let me know. Um, and I think that's about it for today. If you like the podcast, by the way, if you're brand spanking new, thanks for hanging out for a little while. I hope that you enjoyed it and you'll come back. If you're a regular, as always, uh, thanks for listening. If you've not gone over to iTunes yet and uh, left a few stars in a review, I would love for you to do that. It'd be fantastic. It would make me make, make my heart happy uh, to see a few stars. And I, th- I see some of you have done this, by the way. Uh, you have gone over there and left a few reviews. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Uh, appreciate you doing that. And I'm going to read that on the next podcast. So if you've left a review or you're going to leave a review, uh, if you've left uh, some good four and five star reviews, I'm going to read those and uh, put them out there. So go do that and you'll be on the next podcast. So, all right, guys, that's it for today. I appreciate you guys hanging out. And uh, my hope and prayer as always is that this, uh, this podcast will motivate you and keep your youth ministry moving forward. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye.